Welcome back to the Heteo Home Energy Show, where we bring you real insights into home energy solutions and eco-smart technologies. Today, we're back with special guest speaker, Chris Higgs, Managing Director of Freedom Heat Pumps, and Heteo Commercial Director, Tom Farquhar. In the last two episodes, we talked about Chris and Tom's journey into heat pumps, the barriers installers face in upskilling to heat pumps, and how we address the industry challenges installers are experiencing. And today, we're going to explore how we build customer confidence in heat pumps to drive adoption and tackle the 1.7 million boilers installed in the UK each year. What can I do to save money on manager bills? How can I save money on manager bills? And and I think that's where that's where we wanted to, um, to chat with Tom around that. How when you when you're seeing these consumers coming in on this journey around generic energy saving, what can they do to 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 move down that process? At some point on that journey, the conversation is going to turn to heat pumps. It might not be the first thing on the list, but with the HTO home energy management system going into the home and starting to learn the home and making those recommendations, when that customer does get to that point when they want to make a decision and if, if a heat pump is the, is, the, is the item on the list, what is it that installers can be saying to customers to help them make that transition? Or, or what are we doing as an industry right now that might be the next thing where the rain starts to get released that we'll see heat pumps going in in greater numbers? I think the, the the main issue with heat pumps not going in in huge numbers at the moment is that people probably ask too many questions. We've developed an industry where consumers ask how everything works. And this is one of the things that Graham mentioned on, on the last show, and that's you wouldn't walk into a car showroom and say, can you tell me how the engine works? You walk in there and go, I know that a car will work, so I just want to choose the one that's right for me. And mm. when I'm ready for another one, I'll get another car. We have to, when you get a consumer on and you talk to them about a heat pump, the first thing everyone tends to do is start explaining how they work, try and sell them the the technology and that mm. it's going to do what it says on the tin. We need to move past that and just go, a heat pump's just like a boiler. It's a heat source. If you want one, we can fit one. It'll work the same way as in you'll have heating and hot water and move past all these questions. We need to move away from asking how the thing works when... Countries like Norway have done 64% of their homes and we're at mm. 1% and still trying to tell people that it does what it says on the tin. Do you not think there's a lot that we can learn from like the EV market though? So if you look at the way that electric vehicles are sold, obviously we had range anxiety for a long while and obviously that's been combated, um, whether through whether it's through just development or whether it's through um, you know, more information. But um, I need to double check my figures here because I haven't got my phone on me, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> there is roughly the same amount of electric vehicles on the roads in the UK as there are heat pumps in the UK, which again is something that people don't talk about. And if that's correct, then why do we not capitalise on that a little bit more? You know, why are we not saying that, well, actually, you know, heat pumps are as prevalent and as popular as electric vehicles because people don't... Um, have that same um, issue with selecting an electric vehicle. Now, admittedly, it's a bit more of an emotional purchase, um, but it's still a um, you know it's still an expensive purchase. It's still a purchase that's more expensive than the internal combustion engine version. Much like a heat pump is more expensive version of a um, uh, admittedly much more energy efficient, but a more expensive version of the fossil fuel gas boiler. You know, so I think there's a lot that we can draw from the electric vehicle industry and try and take some of that marketing and promotion and and the way that that industry is discussed uh, almost as a, well, this is just the next logical step. You know, let's not get, 
you know, perhaps too um, involved in the um, vapor compression cycle, for instance. You know, but, they, but that's exactly. I think that's exactly it. If you, I was actually I was having some back and forth with with a guy on on LinkedIn yesterday, and he said that he'd gone. He was buying a house, and he'd gone to view the house, and there was a heat pump at the house. And he asked the estate agent, he was blown away by the fact that the estate, the, the estate agent who was showing him around didn't know what the output capacity was of that heat pump. That does shock I, me. That's the shocks me why he's asking. Well, they, they, but this is it. You is don't it, go to it, a stage and go, how big's the boiler? Is there a boiler? Well, it must work because you're not going to sell me a house. Well, the... I don't think the estate agent would have known what the output capacity of the boiler was. No, that's what I'm that saying. They shouldn't need to. Because I, 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 I but does that it. does that not show a lack of confidence in perhaps that that end user has had a poor experience or they know someone that's had a poor experience? Or, that, or, or is it somebody? I mean, you, you know, the heat pumps. Uh, just like electric vehicles, they're following that same adoption curve that most technologies yeah. follow. And then all of a sudden, with, with electric vehicles, I'm sure the same people were asking the similar type questions. And then all of a sudden, Tesla come in and go, don't worry about that. Yeah, just yeah. look how nice yeah. things are. Or look what they, And there'll be, there'll be some slick, sexy videos that go out. Mm. And it'll just be when people start just calling them a green boiler. Yeah, yeah. And we just simplify it. Mm. And, and, and people just start taking them. But then... People like that, potentially, they're more. Is it more a kind of an element of I'm going to show that energy uh, that that estate agent? Maybe they should. Maybe the energy. I believe the uh, the estate agent should know that. Yeah. So I'm going to ask this question because I'm going to prove to them my knowledge. Because that in reality, nobody really cares about that. I guess so. I mean, obviously, we don't know the the person. Being honest, because I'm a I'm an incredible geek. I would I wouldn't necessarily ask the estate agent. I wouldn't assume that they didn't know. I would just think, oh, well, I'm going to look at the name badge and then come back later and do a do a, a calc. God, that's really boring. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's gone too far. But if you got every gas install, every boiler <laughs> installer tomorrow, to every time they turn up to someone that's rung up and said, "My boiler's broken. I need a new one," or "I think it's going to break and I need a new one," you'd have one and a half million interactions between a gas installer and a homeowner. Mm. And if you just said do you want a new boiler or do you want to go renewable? Just did that. Yeah. That would immediately have homeowners going, well, the guy I trust to swap my boiler is saying that there's a renewable alternative. Mm. Before you've even done anything else, you've now got confidence because they're saying it. Whereas what's happening at the moment is they're going and going, yeah, I could put your new boiler in. The majority. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if all they did was say, oh, there's a renewable alternative, immediately you'd start building confidence one and a half million times the, every year. So what is their driver to do that? And if, if you're the installer, we've, we've discussed this, this route that if an installer genuinely wants to get involved, the standards are being simplified. There's companies like Freedom that can supply with training, design, specifications, supply the components. So then, uh, and then you, you may, so there's an opportunity for better awareness to consumers. And that's ultimately what happened with solar PV. The boom came with solar PV when when consumers all of a sudden became aware that they yeah. could make an absolute fortune on yeah, this. Yeah. It was like 2012 when, when the feeding towers hadn't been cut and we've seen the supply chain go through the roof. So when we take that consumer side of things, then there's two sides to it, isn't there? We can either, uh, the consumers can become more aware and they can be coming in asking the question of the installer. So, does, so there's a potential that industry... And manufacturers, suppliers, just like Tesla have done, go out there and make this case to consumers. Mm. Make them go to the install and say, um, can I have one of those renewable boilers rather than the fossil fuel ones? Or as you say, the installers can be promoting that. Well, but you're going to have to do both because if you did leave a one which is demand, all that would happen is they'd get a blocker because 120,000 boiler installers 
4,000 on MCS, the yeah. chance is every time you get someone, they're going to be like, I don't do that. But would that change if the install... If, yeah, if, so you, install. So if you pulled it today, you'd have a problem. Hmm. And yeah. you'd have to slowly... That's, more and more. That's what they're doing, it, yeah. isn't it? But if that so that consumer comes in and goes to that MCS, uh, goes to an, their local installer, uh, the installer through the routes, the, through the simplified standards, there's a route there to take it if the installer is willing to engage it. Because I think if that consumer comes on and says, um, "I really want one of those boilers. Mm. I want those those green renewable boilers." And they and the install if the installer is looking for work and or is is maybe struggling for work, I'll tell you what, I'll take that away. I'm going to have a look at it and then circumvent go through that process. But we know the majority of installers are quite are perfectly busy doing boiler installations. Mm. So what what is in it for the installer? And this is a this is a question that it's been kicked around so much. What is in it for the installer to to warrant them saying that customer's coming in? I've got plenty of work on. I'm not going to make any more, really, from a day rate of doing a boiler or whether I'm doing a heat pump. And I could do heat pumps every day to the day I retire, uh, boilers every day until the day I retire, and it's still going to mm. keep busy. What's the, what's the reason why I'm going to flag up to the customer or I'm going to take that inquiry off that customer? Well, we get quite a lot coming through who um, who just want to do what's perceived as the right thing or what is the right thing, which is they want to migrate their business away from fossil fuels and they want to be installing renewable technologies. So that's you know that's one sort of tranche of customers that that we deal with. Um, but also they see it as um, a chance to operate in an industry with less competition. So they might not necessarily, as you say, the day rate may not necessarily be any different to what they would ordinarily be getting, but the competition is much less. So the conversion rate may be much higher. Okay. And it must be more interesting. You know, you, you, you know we're talking, we're using the terminology engineers. Yeah. You know, if you're an engineer, you you must be inquisitive. You must be interested in working with these different types of systems. So maybe there is a, you know, there, there will be a natural drive there, but maybe mm. the consumer drive hasn't hasn't happened yet. But what what do you think about this uh, this uh, challenge that if a consumer comes in at the moment, we talked about it on the show with with, with Graham a little bit, but when a consumer comes in and they are faced with, as you mentioned before, Tom, this whole fabric first approach I, i've gone on record and said i'm heat pump first not heat pump only i think there is an argument to say you you do the heat pump and then you start to look at the other things as part of that engagement journey with that customer mm. um but you could go one step further and just i'd say it's heat pump f- first whenever it's possible so if someone came along and went i'm ripping my house apart i want to pull the insulation in obviously then let's insulate as you should be doing with your boiler or any other heat source but if they say look my boiler's broken. You either fit me a heat pump today or I'll go for a boiler. Then you take the opportunity to get the heat pump in. You don't miss the opportunity because you wanted to do everything else because to me, that just makes no sense. And, mm. and there is, and you, you can understand why there's a hesitation. And I would imagine there's, if, if, if you were to survey the, the MCS approved installers that are out there fitting heat pumps today, that, that, will, get, that will get quite a negative response because I know when I've put it on LinkedIn, I've had the negative response. Mm. But that is because at the moment, there is a, there's a, there is a, a a purist um, view on, on heat pump systems about the higher the efficiency that you can get to justify the cost. And and, and ultimately, they can do it. And these systems should have been designed this way for, 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 for such a long period of time. But none of those people have been advocating, you know, fabric-first approach before you put a new boiler in. Well, I'm sure they have. I'm sure there's people out there. We're not that, turning down work and saying, I'm not going to fit a boiler. You don't. It, ah, sorry, no, not before, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's, well, we'll put a new boiler in. You should probably insulate. Might be some of them is what they say. Whereas heat pumps, 
you actually see people who are going around saying, I'll turn down work if you're not going to take a fabric first approach, change all your emitters, run at a, uh, a lower temperature. So does that, that, would that go in the same category or same bucket as a protection? So we've got the MCS standards and, 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 and the levels, how onerous they were, the requirement to go on a three to five day training course, mm. annual audits of the installations, all these things that, that could in one hand, on one hand, be called a bottleneck to the industry, but at the same time, they also safeguarded the industry. No, yeah. We recognize that. And then from a design and specification perspective for systems, the, the RHI, the Renewable Heat Incentive, you, you, you received more incentive, the more efficient your system. Yeah. So again, another way of, of ensuring the, the but there quality. Was, there was a balance uh, point. There was a really interesting balance point between what's it going to cost additionally to reduce the efficiency versus... Uh, Sorry, increase the efficiency versus um, uh, what I'm going to benefit on the renewable heat incentive. And there was a real sort of cost-benefit balance yeah, point that you was, had yeah. to sort of measure between the two. Um, I think for for me, it has to be customer-led. You know, so I went for a, um, I mean, this may be controversial, but, you know, whatever, I've got a green heat pump. Um but uh, I've gone hybrid with uh, with my installation, so I've got I've retained my combi boiler, and I've got a um, obviously a, a bright green, incredible Hulk looking heat pump. Um, but th- that journey came from what would I what would I recommend to my um, neighbours if they came to me um, saying, "Oh, you've got a heat pump, you know, I want a heat pump. What should we have with, with our house?" Um, and I looked at it going, right, well, our, all of our combi boilers, because the house are relatively new, they say two years old, these combi boilers. So it makes absolutely no sense to me, you know, ethically, just to pull the thing off the wall and go and bin it. Just doesn't make sense to me to go and bin the thing. So I go, right, so I want to maintain it, but I want it to be doing the least amount possible. Yep. So then um, put my heat pump in, it's sized for the entire property, but now the boiler comes on for maybe 10% of the year. So the vast majority of my carbon emissions have been moved over to the heat pump and are obviously much more efficient, but I've not had to go through anywhere near the same sort of level of, of um, disruption that I might have had to do with the heat pump, with a full sort of engineered system. With that said though, mine is very much a phase, I'm doing a phased approach on mine. So it's heat pump first, then it'll be cylinder this year, and then it might be rads next year. It might be rads this year, and then cylinder next year. So I'm still going on that journey, but I think sometimes where we take that really sort of purest approach of everything's got to be done on day one, even someone as um, you know as dedicated to heat pumps as I am, you know, I just moved into like my very first owned house like a couple of years ago. The idea of saying to my wife, right. I know we just bought this house. It's lovely, isn't it? And she goes, you know, it's beautiful. And I go, well, I tell you what, we're going to start pulling radiators. Are you married, though? You are married, eh? Uh, I am. I am married. (laughs) Uh, And how long have you been in the industry? (laughs) Uh, 13 years. years. Cheers, Tom. So, um, yeah, so if you, yeah, if I was to sit down and go, right, we're going to start, you know, we've got to redo the pipe works because I've got, you know, plastic pipework throughout the house. We're going to pull the radiators off the wall. We're going to install cylinder so the understairs cupboard is gone. You know, she, um, she'd stay with me because she loves me. Do you know what I mean? She's as dedicated to heat pumps as I am, but it would have been a difficult conversation. But instead, going on that journey where it's, right, well, let's get the heat pump. Let's offset a huge amount of our emissions. But again, taking pointers from the electric vehicle industry, I drive a hybrid vehicle, which to some purists, they go fully electric or nothing. And I go, but, 
a hybrid makes sense to me because uh, I can do 90% of my uh, driving is going to be on battery and then just on motorway driving, it's going to be, I'm going to be on the internal combustion engine. In terms of the cost for the vehicle, much cheaper than the fully electric version was. So that cost benefit just worked out really well. So again, I think there's a lot of similarities we can... That's got to be a tricky one, isn't it? Because I mean, you know, the, the... it definitely sounds like you're 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 the the guy right in the middle on both of them. So the the hybrid approach, right? Definitely just sitting on the fence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I, but the 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 benefit with it with the uh, the car analogy makes complete sense. But the the challenge, I mean, as one of the biggest distributors in the UK, if I was to say to you that what an eight nine kilowatt hybrid or well, package, so no, we're not talking hot water cylinder. Mm-hmm. What, what's that going to cost me? If you've got to if you've got to buy the boiler, it starts to make less sense. But if you've got the boiler there already, whether it's oil, LPG, fos, um, natural gas, you know you're probably talking three-ish day install. Yeah, it's definitely going to be at least a day, day and a half quicker than you know full heat pump install. Um, but then you know you've just got the heat pump. And that's about it. Your know, heat pump, um, in terms of like big capital stuff, like your heat pump, circulation pump, and a couple of bits. Whereas when we're talking about a full heat pump install, it's going to be new rads. In some of the rooms now, I know obviously you you know, listened uh, before about your conversations around um, you know, which, radiator, which rooms to change radiators and all that, all that good stuff. So it might be all the rads. It might be one rad. But you, you, chances are you're going to have to... If I, with me having a combi, I'm going to have to put in a domestic hot water cylinder. You know, but I don't that, have but they, they, that package, though, you say you, you're saving a big, a big, uh, a big cost in the in the and, and inconvenience of finding mm. space for a hot water cylinder. Absolutely, but the but the cost of the materials for that installation, for, you've got to be getting close to four and a half thousand pounds. Yeah, you you probably are. Yeah, yeah. So if and, you've got to change all the rads and domestic got water cylinder. No, no, no. Sorry, I mean for 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 a hybrid. Oh, sorry for a hybrid. Sorry, yes. If yeah, I'm just yeah, yeah. if you, you stay with my existing boiler, yep. I'm not going to touch too much around the home. I've got to be looking at four to four and a half thousand pounds, maybe even five for the for that installation. That's true. And 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 there's no support for that type of install yes. under the boiler upgrades. Yeah, yeah. So they so. That that's got to be an ex. I mean, and, and I, I actually did a hybrid installation at my brother's house mm-hmm. quite quite recently, and and I do advocate that approach because it is uh, it is a customer going on a journey towards sustainability, but the yep. customer has got to be willing to go on the journey, but maybe not necessarily because to, to put five thousand pounds towards an installation, yeah. which is essentially going to have. I mean, I'm assuming if you're running on gas, are you you've got it switching a, a certain. Efficiency yeah, points. Well, it's an ambient temperature, so it'll. So I've I've calculated at what temperature I the heat pump runs out of steam in terms of temperature, and then obviously then we switch over. But I I, I know where I know where you I know I definitely know where you're coming from. I think the point is is that there is no one size fits all. So just like the fabric first approach, again that that's a one size fits all. Right, everything should be fabric first. You go, but well, if the government had done that from the beginning yeah. and said there's no one size fits all we'd be in a lot better position. Whereas what happened was they said, we need to improve all the housing stock mm. at the same time as advocating heat pumps. So now there's a big misconception that heat pumps don't work in leaky properties. That's all you see everywhere. And I think it's important to, to say that a heat pump will work anywhere. 
You know, if you, it, it, you know, swim pool heat pumps. I mean, you can't get leakier than a swim pool. Do you know what I mean? The thing's yeah. got no roof on. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it, you know, there's no cover over the top of the heat pump when you're in there. But if you're in there when there's a cover on, something's gone desperately wrong. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's no, that. that's a, a really good example of something that's incredibly leaky. Um, um, so a heat pump will work anyway. I mean, we've got industrial units. Um, uh, I know, actually, Graham, I know Graham was trying to spec one up for a, um, like a, a living statue type thing. So to heat a statue up to like 37 degrees. Um, so it felt like, you know, you were touching some sort of um, your skin temperature. Heat pump, a heat pump is just another heat source of X amount of kilowatts. And it's just that, I don't know where, I genuinely don't know where it came from, this idea that, the only well insulated properties will work well. Right it's because they made a requirement that for RHI, for example, you have to meet these insulation requirements. Which, so then everybody went, well, it must yeah. mean I have to have insulation does, for a heat pump. It, it definitely makes sense because if you're at the if you're at the sort of pinch point between two heat pumps or one heat pump on a property, then it's going to be much. Well, I imagine it'll be cheaper to increase the insulation levels than just to put two heat pumps. Oh, on. it makes complete logical sense. Yeah, but the problem is then everyone started saying, well. Heat pumps don't work in leaky properties. Now I want to know about the technology. Now I want you to sell me how it works. And then we yeah. went down this rabbit well, hole. Well, that's your temperature or kilowatt anxiety, isn't it? Mm. Same as we used to have with the range anxiety on cars. Mm. You know, people get get really into it, right? Well, what are the batteries made of? Because I know that that particular battery or that construction doesn't give as much range as a different battery construction. But now everyone's sort of reached a sort of midpoint where they're all roughly, what, 300, 350 miles kind of thing at top end. So people don't ask those same questions anymore. They just assume. Well, you know, it, it, it also is. becomes, it, it, you know, we, we, we. I think sometimes we, we're trying to kind of fight an inevitable curve and say that that adoption curve is is tried and tested. Mm. Those innovators, those early adopters, they're going to ask those questions anyway. Yeah, you know, because so, they're because yeah. they're the ones that are going to break the ground. The yeah. ones who are going to go, they're going to understand. They're going to go through the journey and understand. All right, so in. In order, I'm going to use my, I want my local heating engineer to do this job and I'm going to have that conversation with him. And then we're going to realize that in order for them to go through that process, they've got to be MCS accredited, but I'm going to take that risk because they understand this. They're mm. going to go through these battles. But now we're talking about the next step and how do we get to 600,000 heat pumps a year going in? Yeah. And you know, for all the, for all the great work that people have done to safeguard the industry, mm. There's a, to me, there's a fundamental question of, so how do we get to those kind of volumes so that we start seeing mass decarbonization, yeah. mass switching away from, from fossil fuels? But there's, there's two fundamental parts to it. I think we've, we've got to see better controls and the, the technology itself has got to improve. Yeah. Because one of those drawbacks that we talked about, why why did we set those minimum standards in terms of insulation? Why did we set the um, performance metrics for heat pumps and reward those who were more efficient? Uh, it, heat pumps at that time weren't designed for high temp, for the ability to get anywhere close to the temperatures boilers were, were outputting. Mm. And I'm not saying we're there, we're there now, but... Um, the the issue showed there was there was high temperature heat pumps capable of delivering high temperature, mm. and when we start down this journey now and we start saying well how do we we talked about the rains getting released you know the the simplified standards the the ability for installers to start engaging that journey and start going through that process and be and easier for them to get involved how do we if we if we've got this opportunity to start saying the rains can be released more. It's going to be more affordable for more consumers to get involved. 
utilizing heat pumps that are capable of delivering higher temperatures and then starting people on a journey towards sustainability mm. and, uh, and, and reducing their carbon emissions. That's got to be something that maybe the old guard of heat pump installers won't adopt and yeah. they will stand there for the rest of time and say, no, it is low temperature, high SCOP, my installations are 14 mm. to 20,000 pounds. But surely this new guard of installers that are coming in that are, that are used to doing boiler replacements yeah, yeah. will start to look at this and consumers will start to look at this. I just think any any reduction in carbon emissions is a step in the right direction. I mean, there's a there's an old saying from um, I'm trying to remember who wrote the book now. I can't remember. It'll come to me, but there's an old saying: if we do a little, then we'll achieve a little. Which you know, I'm not saying we do a little, but a heat pump, even if it's only offsetting eighty percent of your carbon emissions, it's still a ton of carbon emissions. It's still a lot of carbon emissions we're offsetting, you know, and. Um, and that is, if I had a choice, if a, if someone came to me and said, right, I can only have a heat pump if I operate it in conjunction with um, with a hybrid system, which would be, would would be a crazy conversation for someone to have with me just on the on the street, you know, just come up and go, I can only have a heat pump Could if I. it's if it's a killer. <laughs> but um, yeah, if someone if I was having that conversation, then um, I would never turn around and say, right, you can you have to have a full heat pump system. I'd say, right, what what can we do? You know, is there a... Because um, there might be a practical reason if they've got a, um, you know, a low um, amp, um, a relatively low amp sort of incoming supply, and they physically can't have two heat pumps. Well, you maintain the existing boiler and put a heat pump on. Well, that's still a hybrid system. It's just you haven't done... Yeah, you haven't done it the same way perhaps I've done it, but it's still a hybrid system. Well, I suppose technically it's a bivalent system, but I was brought up calling it a hybrid system. But that's one you can teach them on the on the training course next next uh, when when these installers start flooding in to start with your technical support. But that's about all we've got time for today. Um, There is one point though that I wanted to make sure we covered. Um, So um, we. Back in April, we launched something called the Energy Challenge Group, which is a, a collective of consumers and members that have come together to to address some of these challenges and, and suppose be be part of those early adopters that are going on going on this journey. Um, so, in association with Freedom um, uh, and as Hito as a as an MCS approved installer in our own rights, we are going to be offering the opportunity for one of our members to uh, receive a completely free heat pump installation. Um, we'll be um, getting lots of footage around it and lots of PR around it to try and help consumers to see how this works in practice and, and share and share this message. Um, so uh, please follow us on our social media channels. Um, the announcement will be on there shortly and you'll be able to see how you can enter the competition and become an Energy Challenge Group member. Um, share any experiences you've had on ways in which you can save uh, save money on your energy bills and share that knowledge with other people who are maybe starting on that journey. And uh, and yeah, and uh, tune in for another show in the not too far distant future. Thank you very much, gents. Brilliant. Thank you Cheers. very much. Thank you for your time. time.